It began in the year 2257 with the founding of the last of the Babylon stations. It's monkey business, and for the next half hour, we're going to be talking about a port of call for refugees, smugglers, businessmen, diplomats, and travelers from hundreds of worlds. Could be a dangerous place, but we accepted that risk because Babylon 5 was our last best hope for good TV. On board with me, Billy DeTore, Tanya Metris, Big Wayne, Tony. Babylon 5 is alive. Kelsey, D, and Sybil. Hi. Hi, guys. It's Chris from WFC3, and here we are yet again, monkey business. And and as you couldn't tell, we're going to be talking about one of the most interesting science fiction shows. It's in my top five of science fiction shows. Absolutely. And that's why I want to make sure you were here for this one. Babylon 5, the brainchild of J. J. Michael Michael Straczynski. Straczynski. Who also wrote Thor. The first Thor movie. Which I, I was an underrated movie. I thought it was fantastic. And he was one of the guys trying to pull a hammer yep, out of Yeah, he got the... his little cameo in. <laughs> yeah. Got his little cameo in. All right, Wayne, tell me about Babylon 5. Well, it started out in 1994. It was a pilot that mm-hmm. uh, J. Michael Straczynski thought that he was wanted to do a science fiction show. So he went around to all the networks. He had this idea for a five-year novel for television. And he went to all the networks saying, hey, I got this idea, and got turned down by them all. And then, lo and behold, Warner Brothers was going to do its primetime entertainment network. And they said, okay, let's try Babylon 5. Let's try the pilot. And the pilot aired March 1993, or was it 94? February. February? Yeah, February. February. And it was right at the end of a con. (laughs) It was like Sunday night. At like three o'clock, one or three o'clock in the morning here oh, in God. Rochester, and I had my VCR set to tape it. <laughs> What's a VCR? Yeah, seriously, there's a lot of people listening going, "Huh, what?" Hey. Tony, just, do you know what a VCR is? Yes, I do. They Are you just sure? stopped making them this oh, okay. year. No, they stopped making tapes this year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I only have a few blank tapes left. I have the original Star Wars on on uh, VHS tape with. Of where Han shot first. Yes. Yay! Because Han shot first. Anyway, so, back to Babylon Five. So he, t- <laughs> he took he took took it around. He also took he took it to Paramount and tried to sell it to Paramount. Uh-huh. Paramount said, Ah, no, we don't think a show where it's set on a space station. Now we don't think that'll do it. Yeah. For Paramount us. then went on to make Deep Space Nine because a, a <laughs> space station show would never work. And, yeah. and then one of the things that was was that if you wanted Voyager mm-hmm. and you ran Babylon 5, mm-hmm. they didn't want you running both. Oh, uh, so little Paramount competition saying, thing. Paramount was saying, if you run, if you want Voyager, you can't run Babylon 5. So you'd made a reference earlier on, and, and it's something I've heard before, because I've, I've seen J. Michael Straczynski interviews and whatnot about it, but the whole approach, it wasn't just going to be an episodic television no. show. It was it was functionally going to be a novel yes. set for television. Yes. So, and and I think that... Just like Game of Thrones is. Yeah. And well... I, Game of Thrones was a novel that was written as a novel and then adapted to TV, right. but but this was this was uh, specifically written for television yes. and the structure of the show, the way it was going to develop, the way the characters are going and the story was going to go was all towards a. There was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, the first season is called uh, Signs and Portents, mm-hmm. and the second season I can't remember what the second season's called. I had this all written down and I left it home. Oh, wait, good wait, job! No, wait a minute, no, he's got it. He's got, got it. Coming the of Shadows. Coming of Shadows. Then it became point of no return, <laughs> and then Wheel of Fire was the fifth season. Uh-huh. For no reference, Wayne no just retreat. pulled out the DVDs. Yeah, he pulled the DVDs out season, of his bag. Season, <laughs> season four is no surrender, no retreat. And, uh-huh. and I've got the 
That's let the moon just keep coming. And they're they beautiful. Just, they just that's, that's beautiful packaging. And the movies. And the movies. Oh my goodness. That is impressive. And and I think what what was the charm? Well, we have a and, today? and Bruce Boxleitner's duct taped in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It'd be cool to have Fox Lightner, or better yet, Cla- Claudia Christian. Christian. Yeah. Billy Moomy, what are you doing here? <laughs> now, then you, then you need Jonathan Harris. We've we've got a different. So he's got a different approach. He's he's writing basically, he's writing a book for television. He he's, wrote out of the 110 episodes, he wrote 92. Okay, I I was under the impression he wrote all of them, but no. but uh, he wrote 92 he wrote, of the 110. Wrote, let's see. Um, he wrote some. David Gerald wrote some. Uh-huh. Uh, DC Fontana from Star Trek wrote some. Right. I'm, okay, I remember um, hearing about the, her uh, involvement. She wrote at least two or three. Okay. Peter David wrote two or three. David Gerald wrote one. Harlan Peter Ellis, David, not Larry David. No, Peter David. Okay. <laughs> the comic book guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that's where he and Billy Mummy started doing, what was that show? Space Cases. Right. And... Uh, and uh, Harlan Ellison wrote one or two. Also. Well, har- how can you go wrong with Harlan Ellison involved? Con- uh, guy for the show too, well, and so you know you have this this amazing and then it's a marathon thing because you know ninety two of one hundred and ten episodes that's unheard of in modern television right now. He wrote them and then he directed them he direct- and produced the show. Uh-huh. So that he, way, he he lived and breathed Babylon Five. Yeah, so that way you have your vision is on screen. Exactly. You know, not a lot of people get that nowadays. What is it about the story? That makes the whole. I mean, because for me, I remember watching the first episode of Bab Five, and and it was very raw, computer generated graphics, and that was the Still consistency is. throughout. And and so you know, seeing the sci fi and special effects, and being a veteran of Doctor Who fandom myself, oh, it was way better than Doctor Who. Way better, but but you know, you still there's there's still a degree of cheesiness compared to what right. was going on with Star it Trek was done and, on an and Star Wars. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And uh, so you know, you look past that. You look you you look past all of the little nuances and whatnot. What's the what's the core thing that we take away from Babylon Five? What makes it this this story that is going to be timeless? It's all about people. Mm-hmm. And people can change for better. People can change for the worse. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. And people they switch places because you start out with um, Lando. You're feeling sorry for Lando for everything that's happened to the Centauri. And he was the Centauri ambassador. He was the Centauri ambassador. With the big fan hair. With the big fan hair. He even yeah. said, we're oh, yeah. here to just to hook, ask, beg for you guys, you humans, to accept us so that we can live. And then the Narn were really mean. They were like the Klingon almost. They were yeah, like the Klingon element. They were. And they were kind of mean. And then all of a sudden it switches. Mm-hmm. And then the Narn become, you feel sorry for the Narn and you kind of hate the Centauri. And then along the way, you've got all these other different, um, these different other races, the Minbari, who were like the Vulcans. Yes. You know, they, and they're kind of like that, that well, holding thing. I don't know thing. if the Vorlons are kind of, oh, the Vorlons were just the Vorlons. Well, yeah, you know, the Vorlons, the shadow, you have the shadows. lines in the sand get drawn basically, as the. Basically, it's, the, it's always like everything. It's good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, and, here it says like order versus chaos, uh, war and peace, mm-hmm. authoritarian. Well, I remember a couple of episodes where you, the will, shadows were supposed to be the bad yeah. guys, but they're also kind of like this whole thing for for rapid change, almost like not like yeah. not anarchy for no. but, but for like but a dramatic shift. The Vorlons were always would always ask you a question that's basically ask you who are you, mm-hmm. and the, and the shadows would ask you what do you want, mm-hmm. and there that was there to versions of how the universe should work. Right. And um, 
it was pretty good. I liked it. And, and it was relatable to modern society. Yes. Yeah. It was a social commentary. Mm-hmm. And, and so all and of if those... You, if you look the first season, everybody yeah. has a secret they're hiding. Every like single person. Every single person has something they're hiding. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and then it switches. And it, they don't do that a lot in normal it, science fiction. It almost relates back shows. to the Joss Whedon quote when we right. were talking about Firefly the other day. You know, it's the story of nine people looking at the same thing and coming up with nine different, right? Uh, you know, nine different versions, nine different stories to it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So now with all of these factors together, Wayne, I want you to tell me, because we've recently we've spent talking about Doctor Who, which I can talk about for days, mm-hmm. not just hours. I can talk for days about Doctor Months. Who. And you've made it very clear that Babylon 5 is, is high up on your list of favorites. Right. Tell me why. Because Star Trek. I can't see people in a Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. but I can see normal people nowadays mm-hmm. in a Babylon 5 universe. Is Star Trek too idealistic, do you think? Is that what what it is? I don't understand how people being people mm-hmm. with the tens of thousands of years of being people mm-hmm. get to, in 200 years, become the Federation. Okay. And in, I'll just get along. One happy federation. Yeah, I, I don't understand how uh-huh. that works. But pe- in Babylon 5, it's like, oh, we just got better tech. <laughs> We're just the same old people. How far? So it's not a commentary, and it's not just a commentary on how far we've come because of technology, but it's a commentary of how far we haven't come, right? As a society, right? Okay, there's some social political thing going on there, Billy. What do you think? Well, I'm curious, Wayne. Uh, it's it's one of your favorite shows. Is the acting tremendous? Like that? That's to me. That's a strong point of Firefly. Is you care about the characters. Oh, you as definitely As someone care that about I the I haven't seen Babylon Five. Would I care about yes. what I'm looking at? Because, like I said, the characters change. Mm-hmm. They they start off. They evolve. They evolve mm-hmm. a lot lot better than on most regular TV shows. Because I, I know J. Michael Straczynski from his work on Superman. Right. I know you're a big Superman fan. Right. Mm-hmm. But he that's almost the only thing I know about him. That and he created Babylon Five, but I haven't watched it yet. Well, he he. So I'm assuming the writing is is the strong. writing is excellent. Okay, they they go in. There'll be stuff. It's a five year story arc, mm-hmm. and there's stuff. First season makes no sense till third season. You know that, and that's something I was going to bring up during the course of the conversation. One of my favorite things about Bab Five. Now I'm not as intense a fan as Wayne is. Mm-hmm. I was a casual fan. I know I know there's lots of episodes I never saw, but I got enough to know the the general gist of the story. But one of the things that I really loved the most, um were little little drop-ins in the first season. And then it would it would be regular second, third, fourth. You'd have these little drop-ins, which at the time you ignore almost. You just would just have these moments where like, okay, that happened and you'd file it away or you would completely blow it away, blow it off. Uh, and then it would come full circle three, four seasons now, later. By the time you get to the payoff, yeah. do you forget about the setup? No. In some cases you do, and that's good because they've actually put flashbacks in with with yes. the payoff moments. Um, like there's this great interaction, uh, you know, with Veer and uh, you, Mr. Morgan. With, yeah, you know where I'm going with yes. that. Um, I don't want to spoiler it because it's it's just it's too a funny. Year old show. It's a 20 year old show. Well, you know, there's some people who like you know Tony Bye. here has not seen it. Kelsey has not seen it. I haven't I seen all of it. You know, so these are things you might want to watch. Yeah. So I, I always try to be very ca- cautious about. Sp- today. Yeah, I I, I want to be very cautious about spoilers. <laughs> we can't. It's Dan's. She's Dan's. That's Dan's job. All right, but anyway, long and the short of it is is there are. B-list characters in the show even get oh. some really nice, rich plot lines to play with, some really rich, nice moments. So nobody, nobody is really a throwaway character in Bab 5 I've seen. 
No. Okay. And and there's this great moment, which in the like one of the early seasons, uh, that this attache to one of the main characters is is having a little tete-a-tete with this guy who is eventually going to become the representative of the bad guys. All right. And depending and, on on, the, on your point time, of view, yeah. depending on your point of view, and and Veer says to this guy, he goes, you know. I have this little wish, and it's it's. I want something bad to happen to you, and I want to be there so that I can enjoy it. That kind of a, a gist mm-hmm. of it, and it's just this little throwaway moment, and it lets you know that Veer is is somebody who really doesn't want to take any crap from people. You know, he's this bumbling little affable little fool, but he has that edge in the background, and he's not he's not afraid to use it. And then you fast forward a couple of seasons. And suddenly, this whole thing starts unfolding, and you see this payoff, and they do a little flashback to the the, the yes. original threat, and it's just like you're sitting there. My jaws drop. I'm like, oh my god, they did that. That mm-hmm. came full circle. These little references that come just full circle, and I think without Jay Michael Straczynski being involved as deeply and as 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 extensively as he was, you miss things like that because I don't think other writers would ever remember that. No. No, he, you know, like I said, he had he he had it all mapped out how he wanted it to uh-huh. go, and he even had places where I could lose people and I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he did. Yeah, he lost uh, Commander Commander yeah. Sinclair. Sinclair was supposed to be the there for season. all five, but it didn't yeah. work out because the actor had his had his issues. God, yeah. You know, God bless him. You know, God rest his soul. But um, you know, you move on to a different and and, and the show actually thrived from yes. that change because then you brought in Star Killer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You bring in Box, uh, Bruce Boxleider's character, mm-hmm. Commander Shepard. Sheridan. 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 Where'd I'm I go with Shepard, Shepard? And this is my favorite. I, you know what? I was on Stargate Atlantis with Shepard. <laughs> ah. I'm getting all my space heroes confused sometimes. And uh... that's why I just like the Doctor. Anyway, because <laughs> you can reference. The I can doctor. reference the Doctor, and people know where I am with that. And it's um, doctor Who? No, Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Him too. <laughs> or Doctor Detroit. Oh, oh come God. On. <laughs> no one <laughs> says Doctor Detroit. <laughs> uh, Wayne just did. Yeah. yeah. Nobody so, but Wayne. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and that, I think that if without Jay Michael Straczynski, and in, in essence being as involved, you don't get that depth. No, no, it and, just becomes another episodic sci-fi TV show. And it wasn't made, like I said, it wasn't made to be episodic. It, even though you can, you have to see each season. Mm-hmm. There are some episodes you can miss, but there's always something that moves the, the arc along in every right. episode. Yeah. And it all depends on if you really need to see it. Because, like, science and portents, like I said, everybody had things that they were hiding and that mm-hmm. started to come out in that season. Because you got Garibaldi, who's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. used to be an alcoholic. You got Ivanova and her mother. Mm-hmm. You've got. Talk uh, about mommy issues. Holy yes. Moses. You got, um, not Talia. Um, is it Talia? No. Um, Lita. 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 Oh, Lita didn't. The tele. She, the telepaths. Yes, the telepaths. Right. That that was Talia. Yeah. Talia was first, and then Talia Lita Cycor. Alexander. Yeah, Talia Cycor. Winters, who also gets a secret. Like, yeah, Lita. and then it leads to a great reoccurring uh, part for Walter Koenig. Well, Mr. Bester. Mr. Bester. And it was just so interesting because because you know, Walter Koenig I, was not a a, a a prolific actor. No. But he was yeah. evil in this. He he had Chekhov, mm. and that's what everybody was used to was Chekhov from the original Star Trek. And then all of a sudden he shows up and there you're and everybody's scared of him. Everybody's scared of this guy. And then he played the part really, really I mean it was a fun it was fun to watch him as a villain. Yes. He But then just, even he has his own motivations for being a exactly. villain. Exactly. He wanted basically the side to rule everything. Mm-hmm. 
And he felt, and he, but it wasn't just. And everybody else was. It wasn't just world domination, kind of like I'm the evil guy. I want world domination. It was he wanted Psychor because he wanted a certain order. He wanted to. Telepath should rule everybody. Yes. Yeah. Telepath should be in charge. Yeah, because he felt he felt that was going to be best for society. Yes. Kind of like the whole Pluto idea that uh, the philosophers should rule. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I definitely have to go back and rewatch this. Starting at season one. Bab five marathon at my house this this well, you gotta uh, Christmas watch time. The first oh. movie, you gotta watch <laughs> the gathering, and then you watch the first season, second season, then you watch the second movie in in the beginning. I think it is. I can't mm-hmm. remember which movie, and then you go third season, fourth season, another movie, and yeah. Wayne, would you be able to put together a proper viewing guide? And then well, post that to the Facebook there's, site there's, for, for SC3. There's this Straczynski there's the, order. Oh, the okay. It's like the machete order for Star Wars? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. But that's the order. Because like when they did the spinoff called Crusade. Right. Because um, TNT bought it mm-hmm. and they put it, they wanted a science fiction thing after wrestling. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just, that's really? a great isn't combination. Wrestling, isn't just, wrestling it, sci-fi enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just fantasy. It's the same. It's just, male soap operas. It's the same demographic. <laughs> I will say this about wrestling. This is the only thing I'm ever going to make on a podcast comment about professional wrestling. I it, like wrestling. I know I know you do. It's called wrestling. It's, it's, wrestling. I like wrestling, too. I had a former roommate who said this. Survivor Series tonight. Professional is wrestling is comedy. Sudden, violent Comedy. <laughs> that's all it. That's that's basically it. As long as I you like can. That. He, Billy can't even deny yeah. that. Yeah, I like that. It is sudden, violent. That's what I comedy. hope for. Thank, thank you, Paul. If, if you're listening Go, out there, jumping out of the crowd, grabbing a chair, uh-huh. pounding. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So, like, like standing was, on the top of the road. Like I was saying, you had the Vorlon, who were there, the elder races, the Vorlons, the shadows, mm-hmm. and then you had the younger races, which were the the Narn, the Centauri, Mimbari. The humans, even. No, the humans were like. A newer, new kids even newer races. Yeah, they're like they're like the teenagers. Okay, and we are the upstart punks. Yeah, basically that's what we were. Angsty teens. And it was yeah. like, that seems to be the role of humans in every sci-fi thing. Like, it oh, really yeah, is. Kind of it there. is. You know, it does feel that way sometimes. And a lot of in a lot of sci-fi, it's like the humans are well, we're the new people on the block, and now we're re- messing everything up, and and we're trying to fix the universe, and it's not well, working it out so well. The whole thing started out was with the war with the Mimbari, and the Mimbari almost. Killed. Well, they basically almost took over the unit. Yeah, they almost destroyed the human race. In, in, yeah, in the, they just that stopped war, all. Which of is sudden. all off-screen. That all happens before the show begins, right? Yes, that yeah, all happens. That's all yeah. hinted the show at. Begins. You just it just starts with Babylon Five, and there used to be four Babylon stations before. You think they'd get used to the you know okay Babylon? It was almost you know whenever they start talking about Babylon Five being the last of the stations, and they're talking about the history of the stations. I always remembered that spot. In Monty Python, Holy Grail, where Terry Jones's character is talking about him building the castle in the swamp. Yes. Okay. And it's like, well, that one just, it, it, we built it, it was beautiful, and then it burned down and fell into the swamp, and everything kept falling into the swamp. Okay. Like, don't you get the idea that maybe you should stop? Well, don't <laughs> build in the like, swamp. It's like the first three Babylons were uh, sabotaged and blew up. Uh huh. Then the, the fourth, fourth one Fourth was, one came online for like 24 hours and then disappeared vanished. vanished and blipped out of existence and then the so fifth oops. one came they, you gotta admire their tenacity kelsey seriously just they keep doing Can you imagine it's just like oh yeah we lost 
the Babylon. It's like, oh, but it was we just lost the three four. stations prior to this. Where did it go? <laughs> they actually explained that. The other three were at least blown up. Yeah. Yes. This one just poof. Sabotage or accidentally destroyed. Yeah. When you're the intern who loses the entire station. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that intern would be fired. Yeah. Bye, guys. Ooh. Zathras. And, it, and then you've got Zathras, yes. And then you've got the Vorlans who are supposedly on the good guy side. But and there's always th- that little quality of mystery, like you're not shadows, quite sure. which are on the bad guy's side. Oh, no, they are the bad guys. Yeah. And then you've got Lorian, who's like right. the oldest of all of them. Uh-huh. He's just there. Yeah. Just hanging out. That was out. an interesting plot line. They were his line. kids. Yeah. Those, the Vorlons and all the elder races were, were his, his children. Kid, were his kids. That's crazy. Uh, when you start just, thinking of the grand scope of the universe that way. Yeah. And he was just there. Oh yeah, they just they play like this all the time. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh kids. All right, who have I not heard from? D and Sybil. You guys have been quiet. I know this is not your usual bag, but what do you think? Well, I actually love Babylon Five. Oh my god! My, and you my, just my dad uh-huh. has everything. Okay. And and I mean everything. Well, I know. Like, Right now, I'm looking on the wall, Declaration of Principles by Citizen Jakar. Oh, my <laughs> stars. What's the first like, one? Well, I can actually read the whole thing to you. Okay, go to it. All right. The universe speaks in many languages, but only one voice. The language is not Narn or human or Centauri or game or Mimbari. It speaks in the language of hope. It speaks in the language of trust. It speaks in the language of strength, in the language of compassion, in the language of the heart, in the language of the soul. But always it is the same voice. It is the voice of our ancestors speaking through us, and the voice of our inheritors waiting to be born. It is the small, still still voice that says we are one. No matter the blood, no matter the skin, no matter the world, no matter the star, we are one. No matter the pain, no matter the darkness, no matter the loss, no matter the fear, we are one. Here, gathered together in common cause, we agree to recognize the singular truth, that we are one, and the singular rule, that we must be kind to one another, because each voice enriches us and enables us, and ennobles us, and each voice loss diminishes us. We are the voice of the universe the soul of creation, the fire that will light the way to a better future. We are one. We are one. Ain't, isn't that just, that's perfect for See, what we're going through in our society right now. Yeah. And this was 20 thing. years ago. And that was 20 years ago. And, I, and you've, you've made mention that whenever we talked about Bab 5 in the past, you, you've talked about how it's so relatable to what yeah, we're going it, through. Everything is. And it, I'm, I'm listening to, and I'm getting chills listening to you read that, Sibs. Because of just uh, everything that's going on in our society and our country, you know, in just in recent weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, well, they even had that in Babylon 5 where mm-hmm. the president kind of like got assassinated. Mm-hmm. And then the, not uh, kind of. <laughs> he, he got blowed up. But really? the vice president had a call so he had to get off the spaceship. They yeah. were doing a tour. And he had a call so he had to get off the spaceship. And next thing you know, the spaceship blows up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, political intrigue, social commentary. Night um, watch, which is like homeland security. It is. It it's really like, is. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, home. You know, you know. As I love to give homework. It's the. It's the. Uh, Sounds like the designated survivor. Me. Only more interesting because spaceships. Yeah. 
It's designated survivor on a spaceship. No, that's just Jack Bauer as the president. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, you know, that's that's I think that's the biggest takeaway, is is it, it changed how we told stories mm-hmm. on television, mm-hmm. it changed how we handled science fiction on television, and it, it really brought to the forefront that social commentary that makes science fiction as a genre from way back when all the way to today makes it so important because it tells us, you know, what it's a futuristic look at what we're dealing with and how, you know, the people ahead of us are going to look back at us in our in our current state and still be dealing with the and still dealing with the same things. I'm going to say it again. Sybil, as you were reading it, I just I kept looking around the room here in the studio going, oh, my God, this is so perfect compared to, you know, what we are dealing with. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's that it's that open imagination, it's that open minds, that wonder, and but still, that grounded in reality. Yes. All right. How about mm-hmm. you, D? Never seen an episode. Well, we're gonna we're gonna fix that. That's that's me giving out homework. All right. We're it's go- just that it's hard to find because, like I said, mm-hmm. usually you have to kind of watch them in at least in order. Yeah. So that you can catch all the stuff that doesn't make sense that will make sense later on. Right. And. A friend of mine gave me the box set with the whole TV series. Mm-hmm. And as I yeah. look on Amazon, say there's there's five or six movies. Yes. Are those essential mm-hmm. viewing with yes. uh, the TV series? The first yes. one, the first movie is The Gathering. Okay. And that's, so the, that that's the pilot. First. Okay. And that sets up all the stuff with the Vorlons that mm-hmm. no one's ever seen a Vorlon. I'm I'm looking at that big stack of DVDs that you have on the table in front of you, and I'm like, that's just, that's a, that's a big homework project right there. Well, it's... There's 110 a lot. episodes. 110 episodes and, and five movies, or is, five it, is that included? Okay. Stacks like a foot tall. Yeah. I can see yeah. it peeking up. Over. <laughs> it's it's, it's it peeking face, up over the ray of bobblehead dolls. 100, 110 episodes and five movies. All right. So oh, that's wow. not that's a. Okay. It's about it's about six to eight weeks of solid binge watching. <laughs> with but breaks in between. With right? breaks in between. Yeah, yeah. You got to only for the week. And I'm so OCD that... You'd have to finish everything. Well, I would. <laughs> Plus, I, I get, like, if something catches my imagination, my fancy, I'll just start reading about it. on Like an episode, I got to hear read more about mm-hmm. that episode. I got stuck on an episode of Black Mirror oh, for yeah. two days. Oh, wow. Because I kept... I wanted to hear... Read this review uh-huh. and read this Reddit and this subreddit. And that one episode of Black Mirror took me... Like a day and a half because I just wanted to read more. Well, about back when Babylon that. Five was out, there was uh, there was um, the website, um, the Lurker's Guide to Babylon Five, uh-huh. and every episode there'd be nothing, and then after the episode aired, there's all the stuff mm-hmm. that would come out, all the comments, all the mm-hmm. reviews, all the ideas for what this means, what this doesn't mean, just like when Lost was around. Uh-huh. It'd be the exact same thing. You'd have all this discussion about what each episode meant. And then I hope the ending was a lot more satisfying than the Lost ending. Uh, you know, I think they lost? did good. I remember I remember watching the tail end of oh, yeah, as they yeah, were closing up yeah. shop on Babylon Five and, and, well, and the he, way they wrapped it up. He knew how it was gonna end. He always they, knew they how all it was. Yeah. Ma- they all wound up in jail for making fun of a fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that, then they started that, building that, Babylon that, Six. Yeah. And yes. then they ended the <laughs> sentence. <laughs> yeah. And then they, and they made another Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> but But this time it's a planet. <laughs> but it's a great series. And like I said, it has Political stuff, religious stuff, and Jakar used to be the angry militant guy 
and then things happen to him be, where he becomes, becomes a, a spiritual leader, right? Yeah. Because of all those people. And, well, you know, and almost everybody. I remember one, the... One of my, go ahead. One of, one of my absolute favorite episodes is when they have the week of all the religions. Uh, yeah, I knew you, it's wherever I was yeah. going. Yeah. Of each of the religions, and then, you know, the Earth religion at the end, and it's introducing this is a person of Jewish, and this is Orthodox Jewish, and this is Hindu, and, and this, this is Muslim, Muslim, and this is Buddhist. And there's a whole Christian, line of, yeah. a mile whole long line. of different it, religions. It was, it, I, I absolutely loved that episode. It was fantastic. Yeah, because because Sinclair was struggling with that the entire episode. He's like, well, you know, mm-hmm. how do I how do I present? Because it was a, uh, it was an exchange of spiritual ideas. So the Minbari were going to talk about their unified faith, and the Narn were going to bring forth their unified faith, and the Centauri were going to bring their their unified craziness that they well, had. No, they have a unified yeah. faith because they destroyed all the other faiths that yes. they had. So yeah. there was only yeah. one. And, left. You know, so Sinclair was <laughs> who was commander at the time was struggling with how would he represent Earth in terms of faith. You know, and he was struggling with his own faith. And then at the very end, it's he's like, a Jesuit. Yeah, he yeah. was. Was he's he a was he a full priest? No, he's, he's just, he was just a, a Jesuit. He was raised Jesuit. Yeah, and he went to Jesuit school. And then, and then as, as Sybil was talking about it, it this great scene, everybody there's this whole this people lined up in their traditional garb. There was an atheist too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he goes right down the line. You know, this this is the religion of Earth. Yeah. And introduced this person, and then this, and everything was different. It was every single. Difference. Nobody was more important than the other. It was just how Earth has expressed itself, as humanity has expressed itself, and I, that was just a huge tip of the hat. Out of me. many, one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah. that was it. E. And they've done. Unum. They did the um, looking for the Holy Grail episode. Yeah. They did the <laughs> yeah. King Arthur episode. Uh-huh. They did. They 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 did all the tropes. They did. There's something lurking beneath the lost levels of mm-hmm. Babylon Five. Uh huh. There's. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it says Grace, I think it was Grace 17 is missing. Like yeah, it, there was an entire floor yeah. of the station that went missing. Well, it, it wasn't missing. It was always there, but no one ever knew it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, you know, and we, and so like I said, homework. Everybody, if you get an opportunity to spend some time watching this this classic TV series, feel free to, to, to spend time. When this podcast airs, I'm going to make sure that we put some links up on our Facebook site so you can find those Trzinski uh uh, order. Order. Thank you. God, I couldn't think of that word today. Um, you know, so you can get the right, you know, the, the right movie at the right time and, and get a chance to really experience this this full breadth of this story. So once again, thank you very much. And uh, we are going to wrap it up for yet another podcast. Thank you guys to everybody in the studio for listening and hanging out with us for, as always. And this has been Monkey Business, <laughs> a Mighty Monkey production. Thanks, Mighty Billy. Monkey Productions of Rochester, New York, creators and presenters of the Flower City Comic Con. Presenting our second show, May 20th and 21st of 2017 at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash FC3ROC. So much fun. I'm yeah. telling you. He's got to get you every time with every that time song. Every time with that every song. Time. Yeah. Every, every time. time. <laughs>